The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. Welcome to Adjunct, where we interview the top advertising lecturers and professors across the country to lend some knowledge to your ear without spending thousands of dollars on a university credit. This week, we learned from Mark Jensen. Mark Jensen is a lecturer at the University of Minnesota Hubbard School of Journalism and Mass Communication. Probably one of the nicest guests I've ever had on the show. His passion and kindness exude in this episode, as you can tell two things. First, he knows how to help students break into advertising. Second, he loves what he does. We had a great conversation. We, we discussed whether or not aspiring advertisers should pursue a master's degree, how to develop a portfolio, and the importance of client experience and networking. Mark joined the Hubbard School of Journalism and Mass Communication faculty full-time in 2018. He joined after 35 years of building brands at ad agencies in Chicago and Minneapolis. He has led marketing communication efforts for an all-star list of companies. ConAgra, General Mills, Johnsonville Sausage, Kraft, Land Lakes, Medtronic, Pillsbury, Polaris, and Tropicana. Before joining UMN, he served as a VP account director at Preston Kelly in Minneapolis. His other agency experience includes Leo Burnett and Foot Conan Building in Chicago. Mark has been an adjunct instructor at the University of Minnesota for 15 years, teaching the capstone course and other strategic communication classes. He is a rock star, and I can't wait for you to learn from him. So I've spoken to hundreds of professionals, and the consensus is that you need a few fantastic campaigns that stick out to break into advertising. If you want to break into this business as an art director, copywriter, strategist, or even account, it is worth checking out Breaking and Entering's brand new Crowbar Awards. We are releasing a new creative brief every quarter for you to work on with a friend. Whether or not you enter is up to you, but we do have Greg Hahn judging this first show. Co-founder of Mischief, he's one of the top agency leaders in the business today. The award is also a tool. The best campaign will earn an actual blue crowbar, and we do not advise you to break into an advertising agency with it, but if you do, take some pictures, because that's pretty funny. All in all, recruiters and professionals across the industry will be watching the winners. So, see the description for details. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast Adjunct Edition. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberg. Kick it, Mikey. All right, Mark Jensen, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Adjunct Podcast. How are you doing today? Great, Gino. Great to see you uh, post-holidays as we wrap up 2022. That's right. I'm excited to talk to you, talk with you, Mark, uh, because you're a lecturer at the Hubbard School of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Minnesota. Is that correct? That is correct. A fellow Big Ten uh, lecturer, uh, as you were a student at the University of Illinois. So glad to be talking to a Big Ten counterpart. That's right. Love the Big Ten. Love what's going on there. So I can't wait to get more of a glimpse into your program, how you're running the show and the ad club too, it seems like we mentioned before. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Gotcha. So we'll talk about that and what you're telling your students in the classroom so we can get some advice to the people in the world. Um, so let's kick it off from the top though. Tell us about you and your role there. 
Yeah, thanks, Gino, for having me on. Glad to be here. And uh, I have been a lecturer at the Hubbard School for five years, full-time. I came out of the industry after 30-plus years working in Chicago agencies like Burnett and Footcone. And here in Minneapolis, Campbell Methune and Martin Williams and uh, was at Preston Kelly, now Preston Spire. And I also was an adjunct, taught as an adjunct for 13 years. So teaching's kind of always been something that I wanted to pursue. I first started teaching when I was 30 as an adjunct, uh, and it was, you know, pretty interesting. I did not have a teaching degree. I had a master's degree uh, from Northwestern in advertising and came over here and taught and just loved it. And I've always kept it as something that I've wanted to do. Okay. So we, we can break that down for a little bit here, but I want to get into your professional experience. Um, how did you break into advertising? Um, I broke in. Uh, Basically, because I went to Northwestern Medill School of Journalism, got my master's, had a ton of interviews right on campus, uh, started uh, my career as an assistant account manager at Campbell Methune, working on some General Mills cereals products back then, and just progressively uh, worked up the account management ladder and uh, really enjoyed that part of the business. It's something that I've always liked. I love the the business aspect of advertising and the creative aspect of advertising. It really brings two things together that I really, really like. What was it, what's the deal with the master's degree? Um, did you yeah. did you did you know you wanted to teach down the line, or did you think that was a shortcut, easier to break into? I mean, Northwestern's already one of the best schools in the world. Talk yeah, to Big Ten it was education. Really really was about breaking into the business. Um, I was really lucky to take a summer school uh, class, summer class over in London at the University of London. And we met with lots of agencies and media companies and film companies. And I talked to the agency people there and they just kept saying, you know, why don't you get a master's degree? It'll give you a little bit more background. And it, it really helped both from a professional maturity and a business maturity maturity. I was, uh, I graduated uh, with my master's degree at 22. So I was still pretty young. And it just was, a, it really helped me get into the business. It opened, opened up so many doors, the Northwestern degree. What was your undergrad major then? What, what was your bachelor's? I, I graduated from the University of North Dakota. I'd had a bachelor's degree in journalism and also in speech, which was an emphasis on radio and television. My early dream is my career was to be Howard Cosell. If you remember who Howard Cosell was, maybe you don't, Gino, uh, but he was a sportscaster. I loved sports and that was something that I really liked. And the more I took some advertising classes, my passion kind of turned that I wanted to get into advertising. Where, uh, what, what was your favorite sports team growing up? Favorite sports teams? Well, growing up in North Dakota, you don't have any professional teams. So I would typically, I was not typically a Minnesota fan growing up. I have become one since I've lived here for so yeah. many years. Yeah. I liked, I believe it or not, I liked the Yankees because I uh, was able to see Mickey Mantle play. I got Mickey Mantle's autograph at the first game yes. I went to. I still have it today. Um, I liked the Oakland Raiders because I knew uh, one of the wide receivers, Fred Bolitnikoff, his uh, wife was from a, my English teacher in my little school. Oh, so, cool. Really small connections with teams that are not always mm -hmm. the most well-liked teams. Um, but I, of course, yeah. over time, I've, I've become a diehard Minnesota fan, the Twins, the Vikings, the Gophers, et cetera. I love it. Um, do you know Bill Veck, uh, like from the White Sox? Oh, like that? Absolutely, yes. I, I used to live in Chicago, so I remember the Veck era. And we certainly, we have Mike Veck in town. 
who okay. owns St. Paul Saints. So Mike is Bill's son. And if you ever want to look up a terrific minor league program, it's the St. Paul Saints. They've just become, they were independent for many years, and they have become the AAA affiliate of the Twins. So they are literally 10 minutes away from Target Field when they want to bring in minor league players. Interesting. I, 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 why I bring that up is I remember in high school learning about Bill Vec. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know too much. There's a, I think there's a book, but he's like a, a great sports marketing promotion yeah. artist uh, coming up with like, like experiential activations really oh. for like the white Sox, and and, yeah. and he had a peg leg i think yeah. just so captivating and it actually got me sparked into advertising yeah. even earlier i think my sophomore or, or junior year of high school i we had a professor or a, a teacher that was really passionate about that so i i should probably buy that book but yeah that, you should that's here's it. for you to buy his son's book mike beck okay that's called fun is good and he is he is a promoter like his dad. The Saints do every crazy type of in-between inning things that goes on. I mean, they have a, a pig, a pig, not a pig, a pig. P-I-G. Got it. P-I-G that brings out the balls to the umpire. Yeah. That, the stuff they do. And they they have crazy names for it. So it'll be like Brat Favre or, you know, they just every year. Favre. Every year they come up with a contest where people can send in their names. So. You know, those minor league, te- I know, oh. <laughs> minor leagues teams go crazy. They have so many promotions that are interesting. They'll change the uniforms because they yep. can and they need to bring people in. So that's also a fun little route to go. But yep. um, back to you. Do you recommend switching the subject here? Do you recommend now today like students get a master's degree to break in? I don't think you need a master's degree to break in. You know, I think it's all dependent on the student and where they're at in their careers. Um, I just, I felt I needed it from a maturity aspect. I still felt I was young. I felt I needed more experience, more exposure. So it helped me. But that does not mean everybody should get one. I think it always is an individual decision. There are so many students like you that come out of uh, undergraduate with a BA or BS or whatever and get great jobs. So at that point, unless they want to do something further in their careers, a master's is not a requirement uh, by my my eyes. But I have a lot of students will ask that question, and we always have a handful every year that are going to go pursue a master's degree of some type. So I'm definitely looking into like a one-year online program, yeah. something quick, mainly because I want to break into academia down the line. It's usually required, but and we notice in times uh, when when the economy is down and jobs are hard to find, we notice education will increase. People will turn back to education while they're struggling to make ends meet or to, to find a job. Uh, we see that in portfolio schools. We see that in master's degrees, which we can get into in a little bit. So it's not definitely necessary, but it can't hurt if you can afford it and you have the time and you can yep. find a good one year program that's relatively cheap it, comparatively. It, it can't hurt. It's yep. definitely not needed for the creative side. Definitely yep. not needed for the creative side. Um, but if you want to go into account, perhaps strategy, or you want to teach down the road, I think those are probably the the areas that will be beneficial. Yep. Or even if you want to break into the brand side, client side down the line, um, if you want to go work for Kellogg's, if you want to go work for PNG and be a marketer or a CMO yep. down the line, then now you're talking that will help you out. That will probably differentiate you. Yeah, I always, my adage is education is something they can't take away from you. That's right. So by getting yeah. an advanced degree, it's only going to help you. 
Uh, but again, it's always individual situations. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's timing of life. Of course. Uh, but absolutely, I encourage it. I just don't think it has, it's not a have to be. Yeah. It's more about if you want it to be. What What other masters, I, I mean, if I studied advertising undergrad, what would pair well, what would complement an a mat, what would complement that advertising undergrad? What type of master should I look into? Yeah, I think uh, one school that I, I talk a lot about is VCU, the Brand Center. Uh, they've got a terrific master's program out in, in Richmond, and it's which is a, which is great for creatives. That is a that is a portfolio yeah. school, which is a master's yeah. degree. Right. That that also, would be something that a strategist, a, a art director, or or a copywriter should definitely look into if they can afford it. It's it's expensive, but yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's very expensive school. Strategy, I've had lots of students. I know a lot of graduates from VCU and that are account planners, account strategists. Yeah, it's a bread and butter. Yeah. Medill is a terrific program. It's a well-rounded program in terms of integrated marketing communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a, different levels of programs. I mean, when I went, it was a, a one-year program. I think they also have two-year programs. Mm-hmm what your undergraduate degree has been and how fast you want to go through the program. Yeah. I'm trying to get Jerry Chiaro, I think his name is. Okay. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. So good. I think we touched on this pretty well. I was thinking like, is there something more interesting, like majoring in like or master's in English, master's in something different, like a psychology. I don't know how it works. I haven't looked into it yet. Like, is there something like an odd degree that can go really, that could be interesting to recruiters that you're interested in? that can make you an even better marketer that's not your traditional strategic brand communications? A great question. One degree that I'm going to throw out, it's actually, I've had a couple of students that have went to our Carlson School of Business here at at Minnesota, and it's a master's in data analytics. We all know how important analytics is, uh, and they've done exceptionally well. One of them is now an insight a strategist at TikTok, for example. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. because of her degree. She had an undergraduate degree with us and she went, uh, continued to work and then she got a master's in data analytics. And that's yeah. that's an area that's just, it's so robust right now and will only continue in our digital space. So mm-hmm. anytime, any whether you're an account person or you're, you're a strategist, a media person, to have analytics in your background is going to be really smart. Great ad. Didn't even think about that, mainly because I'm nervous and I'm scared of that, but definitely go with it head on if you can. For me, that does seem intimidating, but that's okay. Um, All right. Tell me about the structure of the University of Minnesota. If I'm a freshman ad student, what does the journey look like for me? uh, Just high level, because not everybody is as interested as I am, but I'm curious. I want to get out there. Freshman is senior year. What's it look like? Are you majoring in it? It's in the School of Journalism. Give me the high-level specs of what, what I might experience. Yeah. So if you're coming in as a freshman at the University of Minnesota, you don't, you are not admitted to our program right away. You come in through the College of Liberal Arts, so that's psychology yep. and English and literature, languages, et cetera. And then you have to apply to our school. You have to apply to the Hubbard School of Journalism and Mass Communication. And students then, we look at the students, we admit the students that are ready and have displayed, you know, good academic performance. Uh, they have to do some writing samples so we kind of know what they're like. And uh, they get admitted to the program. And then uh, they typically, they'll, a lot of them will get admitted the second half of their freshman year or the first half of their sophomore year. Transfer mm-hmm. students will come in there also. So they'll spend, you know, two and a half to three years in our school. 
And uh, it's the, the very typical programs, a lot of fundamentals, whether it's context classes or skills classes, uh, they re really get a, a pretty robust area. In strategic communication specifically, uh, they can take more public relations classes or they can take more advertising classes. We're both under the same umbrella, but they can take different classes depending on where their interests lie. Do you, uh, what minors do you see? Like, so you can major in advertising? Yep. And then what minors do you see a lot of these students picking up? Uh, let's see, uh, media design, graphic design, media studies, communications, uh, a lot of, you know, extra things. Uh, lots of students will take through things through our Carlson school and get a management minor, minor or a marketing minor or things nice. like that. So uh, more and more students are definitely having minors. It's not just that major class. They're having mm -hmm. other things to, to give them additional. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I did a PR minor. Yeah. That was really helpful. I do PR now. So yep. there's no PR major at U of at Illinois. So, and I know some, some schools combine it. So that's good. That's good to know. Um, gotcha. Tell me about the creative track development. Let's say I want to be an art director or copywriter. Yeah. This is where yeah. I notice a lot of undergrads kind of struggle. Uh, how do you like tackle the portfolio development is how do you, do you, in our skills classes, what's, what do you, what is the system looking like? And then what are you doing yeah. to help them on the side if there isn't so, that f fleshed out curriculum per se? Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a specific creative track. Mm -hmm. So we have a bunch of creative classes that they can take, uh, several cool. writing classes. I teach one of the intro classes. It's a 3,000 level ad strategy creative development. So it's probably the first class where they're doing, we're writing briefs, creating a lot of content. Good. And, from that, uh, the, the next class that they'll typically take as a senior is a portfolio class. So it's taught by one of our other instructors, uh, art director background. Nice. Uh, Who's that? Uh, her name's Jennifer Johnson. She worked in oh, the industry. Nice. And it's great to have, you know, a professional do that. We, one benefit that we have is we are in a great uh, creative community given our size. And we're literally five minutes away from downtown Minneapolis. So we can have oh, a yeah. lot of come down um, and we can talk about that a little bit more but yeah, it's the access that people have to the creative community is fantastic here so uh, that's really kind of what students do and for me from a portfolio development Gino my classes are not specifically portfolio development but pretty much any assignment that I develop is in the back of my head it's all about how will this help the students build their portfolio so good I'm Great. actually building it, but every assignment is a real world assignment. It's a piece that they can take and put in their portfolio if it's a strong enough piece. I mean, if it's a C, F, C work piece, you're not going to put it in there. But if it's an A plus job, then you put it in. There. That's great. As long as you're communicating that to your students, because not every student realizes that they need to have this portfolio by the time they're graduating because the job search is on. Usually it's yeah. when they graduate, they realize, oh, shit, I need to make my portfolio. So that's yeah. super important to, to, to let them know. It probably is beneficial to let them know freshman year. Yeah. I don't know I'm what you guys sure. are doing, but give them, like, show them a VCU book freshman year. Like, hey, yeah. just to let you know, if, if you want to get in these positions, this is the caliber of work you need to create before you graduate. Yeah. We show a lot. I show a lot of portfolio examples, whether it's professional examples uh, stuff from the Chicago Portfolio School, from Jeff mm -hmm. Epstein, BCU. Yep. Anytime I see somebody's portfolio floating around, I 
you know, save it, share it. And uh, it's important. And it's not, you know, people, when they hear the word portfolio, I stress, it's not just a creative world anymore, everybody. You got to have a portfolio, whether you're in account management, whether you're in media, whether you're in account planning, you need to demonstrate work and you can do it electronically so much easier today. Yep. So take advantage of that. And that interesting take. Yeah. Most people struggle with that word portfolio. They don't know what to do. So that's by showing examples. It kind of gives them a flavor for what exactly a portfolio is. I think that you're one of the first people to come on this podcast ever to say that everybody needs a portfolio besides the portfolio schools. Yeah. Um, this is interesting because I always hinted that account is soon going to need it. Oh, and indeed. we might be there now, just like with you and people I've talked with. Um, usually it's your art director's and copywriters strategist has recently adopted this from BCU. But to say account and media need it is really you're at the forefront now this of this of this perspective. Yeah. So it is interesting to acknowledge that because before when I was in school, account folks never needed it. Yeah. It it's, is it, it's advantageous to have it. It can only help you out if you do have really they're looking for they're looking for five to six campaigns that are good, fleshed out, diversified with different uh, placements, not just your print ads. You want social active. They want social. They want activations. They want, um, I don't know, PR headlines too, TikToks, any videos that you could have. Um, that's what they're looking for. And if you're an account, account person, you can set that background up and you can share the same story. And maybe you can throw in another flair of like, if it was a real account, if there was any business results too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you said it, you said advantageous. It's like a point of difference. If yeah. you're an account person and you have a portfolio electronically that somebody can go look at versus mm -hmm. somebody that's just sending in their resume, the portfolio is going to work a lot harder for you because yeah. people want to see what you did. They don't want you to just talk about what you did at school. Show me what you did at school. Perfect. Exactly. Um, and there's also a point of difference here. If you want to do an account portfolio, it is going to look different from a strategy, art director, and copyright portfolio, mainly because of the word spec work. Yep. Um, you want good spec work for as a creative path. You want larger brands that recruiters know about that you can make a difference for. It can't be Apple. It can't be Nike because those are already the best in the world. You're not going to beat a TBWA shy day, and you're not going to beat a Wyden Kennedy. Only thing you can do is float with them, and then it won't look different. Yeah, for the most part, you pick I a saw, brand. I saw pick, it with that perspective, Gino, because everybody always says, "Oh, I'll just put an apple." You can't beat you can't beat the best. Right. So pick a brand that's a little bit under the radar. Those underdog brands or underdeveloped challenger. Yep. And you can make a huge difference in your uh, spec work. So love yeah. it. I totally agree with you on that. But now that's for spec work, which is kind of, we talked about that a lot on this podcast for our frequent listeners, so they should know that. Um, but if you're going account, then it gets different because they, because then you might want, you want real clients if you're an account person. I want to know if I'm a recruiter of me personally and you want to work for Hava Chicago, I want to know who have you actually worked with? Let me get on the phone with that marketing representative. And that's where I don't care as much if it's a local client if you have like a local coffee shop, I don't mind that as much. I like it to be bigger, bigger if possible, but I want to see real results and how you and call them up and ask, Hey, what was the relationship like? 
were they good? Were they following up with you? How'd they communicate? So that's my take. Is it, does that align? Maybe that's something that you can take. Yeah, I think definitely the more real work you have, the uh, stronger the portfolio is, but some students don't have that example. So I always say, take the work from your classes. And mm -hmm. if you have developed some really strong strategic work in your classes, or you were part of a team that developed a campaign, yep. share those examples. Yeah. Because uh, people want to see what you can do rather than just hear what you can do in an mm -hmm. interview. So, uh, you know, some people have had great experiences and some people are a little lighter in that area. So I say, okay, what's the three best examples from your classes? What are the three best pieces of work or four or whatever? And put those into your portfolio. Yeah. And I think also if you can bring in some clients for it, this is where it gets tricky. If you can bring in some interesting clients at a larger scale, then it'd be advantageous for everybody, your, your account folks and your account director, sorry, your creative folks and your account folks, they'll benefit if it's a real larger client. But if you get a smaller nonprofit, it's only going to benefit your account folks and not so much your creatives because it's going to yep. be hard. So it's a balance. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think mm -hmm. one of the uh, one of the classes I teach, it's a typical capstone at any uh, school. It's a mm -hmm. uh, port or a campaigns class. So it works on a campaign campaign. Uh, I'm really lucky to live in this market. So I reach out to a lot of people that I know. So this past uh, fall, we worked with General Mills. So we there worked, you go. You did it. We That's worked the perfect. General Mills. We worked on the four student groups in my class, worked on Old El Paso. Nice. We had three meetings with the client. The final presentation is to the client. And yep. at the end of the class, they have that final presentation experience, but they also have a hundred plus page book that they can bring into an hundred pages plop on a desk. Yes. We have a pretty good requirement for that. Jeez. And it is, uh, you know, it's a terrific thing. I, I've had so many students come back and tell me when I take yeah. that book in and put it on an interviewer's desk, it changes the interview because they That's can every part of it research to executions. They do it from beginning to end. Uh, what primary, are the team sizes? How do you, uh, four to five, depending on the class size. Account. What does the account person do in the that account, class? Each class, uh, each team will typically have a creative person on it. And a couple of account people, there tends to be more advertised yeah. PR account folks. Mm -hmm. Somebody that's interested in media, I let them determine their areas yeah. uh, they want to go into. A lot of them will say, I'm only going to do this. A lot of them will work on everything across the spectrum. Uh, but it really is all about collaboration because it is totally mimicking a, a new business process that yep. they would have in an agency, longer time frame, uh, but certainly the same process. So that's a new business role. You can yeah. literally use that to get into breaking into a new business, which yep. is an area I neglected on this podcast, actually. And I work in new business. So I should probably get some more new business folks. Um, that's a good reminder. I love it. Send me some of those books of people that need jobs. Well, we have an internship opening up. I know at Havas, uh, probably by the time this is posted. So cool. Great. I, I, and you did it. You did a great job because you got a larger client. I know there are some organizations that will give you, or there's some schools, there's some capstone projects that do these small local coffee shops. Yeah. And I just, as a recruiter, as somebody that's in the field, who's talked with hundreds of students, it's not going to cut it. Unless you come up with a world-changing idea to sell local coffee, yeah, I don't think you will. Or I won't care if it's a local brand I've never heard of. Just being real. And it just it, it could waste time. And time yeah. is so precious for these students because yeah. they usually don't figure out what they want to do till junior, maybe senior yeah. year. 
right. then, you know, you got breaks and it's really a matter of months then. And time is so precious to develop that portfolio and to get all those yeah. necessarily necessary oh, skills. I, I totally agree. I really am a proponent of having as, you know, big real world clients and especially to give the students the experience of dealing yep. with somebody who's working at a General Mills, a 3M, a Best Buy, Red Wing Shoes. I mean, nice. our, we, we're so lucky to be in this market and I tap into all those clients. Mm -hmm. they, they, they love the process. They like to see the young energy and how does somebody uh, from this generation, look at how the market is going and the communication ideas. Oh, we appreciate their perspective too. Yeah. We ask them to bring it when you get hired or you're interning because yeah. that's what you're there for. Yep. And and I noticed at Hobart Chicago, these kids, when I say kids because I'm the same age, <laughs> but them especially, like the new creatives are so vocal they're, and they're unafraid mm -hmm. and they'll put their perspective out whether like I was always intimidated imposter syndrome it seems like that's gone like with the creators that we hired maybe because that's who we picked and they the recruiters are so great but they're picking people that will step up and, and sing karaoke at our holiday party for one and not care and two they're they're going in our all agency meetings and stepping up and volunteering and and saying that we need to uh, engage in these strategies on TikTok yeah we need to um we need to stop using these slang words in the office, let's say, to change our culture because um, it's inappropriate or we don't. So they they will step up and, and it's amazing. So yeah. your students, I mean, that should also motivate them to be themselves. Oh, absolutely. We I talk about it a lot. I mean, the reason that companies hire young professionals is to hear your point of view. They don't need you to sit in the corner and be quiet. They need you to bring something to the party. They're hiring you for a reason. So yep. make sure you can contribute as frequently as you can, uh, you will get noticed if you contribute. Yep. And I always say you should show up if you are getting a job virtually or like in a hybrid setting. I've yeah. showed up 100% of the days, actually, yeah. mainly because I'm a little crazy, but it has helped me. It helps me stand out. So I definitely, yeah. that's another little trick to just to show up on the days that you need to and maybe more. Because yeah. on Friday, when Myra Nussbaum the president of Chicago comes in after a holiday party and sees me there. She's like, what are you doing here? I go, what are you doing here? And we're smiling. <laughs> and it's it about, does help. It does help. It's, it is about visibility. I mean, uh, certainly when I started in the business, you had to be there every day. And yes, we live yeah. in a hybrid world. But let me tell you, the students, young professionals that are in the office more frequently, they're getting a lot more recognition because they're visible. Exactly what you said, the little hallway conversation with your agency president. You don't get that on Zoom. So no. be there and take advantage of those opportunities. That's smart. Very smart, Chino. Thank you. So what other advice do you have? Like I could talk about thriving in the, when you get in, but when you're looking at your students or when you're, when you're in that capstone class, what are some of those hallmark or key things that you're preaching every single year that seems to work? What are, your, what are those, main, those main lessons? Yeah, well, I think uh, pieces of advice for their long-term career. Um, I'll give you three things, network, network, and network, and you can't <laughs> network enough. Uh, that's just so critical, so critical. Exactly what you're doing, what you're doing with this podcast, that's networking. You're getting to meet more people. That's what it's all about. Resume, uh, making your resume full of great experiences, but don't just lift, list your job experiences. Tell me what you did. How did you achieve results? Give me some tangible results. Every resume I look at for the first time, it's the first piece of advice that I give people. 
what did you do as that customer service representative? Or are you numbers? No, give me some results. Uh, really, really important. And then finally, experiences. Just uh, build your resume with more and more experiences, all different types of things. Like some students uh, a couple of years ago during the beginning of the pandemic had a tough time getting internships. And I kept saying, just go volunteer someplace. Go volunteer for a local pizza joint to do some social media for. Get experiences wherever you can. Uh, I remember when I was in college back many, many years ago, I worked at Sears, a company that hasn't done very well recently. I sold paint in the hardware department. And the reason I did it is I had I was customer facing. I had to learn how to react to customers, which then would help me as an account manager. So I always looked for ways to deepen your experiences. Not everybody's going to have that perfect agency internship experience. So find additional ways to build your resume to make a difference. And finally, apply. Apply for internships. Apply for scholarships. Apply. It, it, you know, you can't get something if you don't apply to something. So I really, really encourage applications of any type to get into places. I love it. Student should apply to our new creative award called the Crowbar Awards. A little plug yeah. there. Description for that. But yeah, totally agree with all of, of what you're saying. Um, and every experience you have, you can make it into a narrative. You can bend the narrative to help you break into advertising. Yeah. You can be a doctor. You can be a biology major. You can be uh, somebody that went to law school for two years and dropped out. You can bend that narrative to help you with advertising because really lots of perspectives are needed in this industry. So the pizza, the pizza joint, selling paint, just figuring out how to spin that and, and actually apply because there are lessons that you've learned that are super important to, to thrive in advertising. Absolutely. Great. Anything else? What, did we not cover anything? What, anything else you I want to bring up, Mark? I think it, we touched on it a little bit. And uh, it's just the, the whole idea about, you know, what do I teach in the classroom? And I think mm -hmm. it's so important to bring real world experience from my agency experience, having lots of guest speakers in. Uh, I, all my assignments, I really, again, try to make sure that it's a real world perspective. So if we're developing uh, creative content in my uh, ad strategy, creative development class, we're developing a TikTok. We're developing Facebook posts. We're doing everything that students can take out and show in addition yep. to doing videos and print and et cetera. Love it. Uh, the other thing I love to do is every class period, I start by sharing any jobs or internships Perfect. that I'm aware of. So every, we have 28 class periods for each semester. They get multiple uh, opportunities to apply to things. So uh, when you have a chance, send me, make sure I see the harvest thing and I'll make sure that gets uh, yeah. published in our classes. And I think uh, the important thing is sharing content. So I love to share um, a lot of content with my students. Uh, our system, our learning management system is Canvas. I don't know if you're yep. familiar with the Canvas system, but for every lecture, I have four industry articles oh, nice. that are relevant and updated. And I have four interviewing and job tips articles. So I'm giving students constant, constant content about things like that, telling them about great books that are coming out. Um, Cameron Day, uh, you know who Cameron Day is. He has written a couple of really terrific books uh, for entry-level advertising, how to break into the business. He's going to be mm -hmm. a guest speaker uh, in one of my classes in April. Telling them nice. about connect books. Me. Like okay, absolutely. I will connect Cameron Day. He has written a couple of, he's written two out of a series of three books. 
And it's called the Advertising Survival Guide. The first one is okay. all about breaking into the business. So if that rings good. a bell. And then I think, you know, good Thomas Eat is a terrific book uh, called Junior out of Wyden yeah. Kennedy. He's and of up. course, podcasts. I love sharing podcasts. So I'll share Breaking and Entering. Uh, another podcast that I love to share is The Brief Brothers with Howard Eibach and uh, Henry Gomez. Mm-hmm. I've Talk never heard of that. Well, I'm going to make sure you hear about that one because that's that's another good one. A lot of great speakers on the there. Brief Brothers. The Brief Brothers. B. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Yep. Good. Good to know. Love it. Sharing resources that are up to date as well as the the tried and true agency theories, or sorry, advertising theories makes a lot of sense. It's a good combination, a good healthy balance that sometimes it gets weighed on one side of the scale. Yeah. So I'm glad that you and academia at, at Minnesota, you're 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 putting a balance back to theory versus application in real world, um, which is a really really healthy balance that is a perfect mix to help your students out. So congrats to you. Your students are very lucky to have you. Um, it really, it's just now a matter of those students reaching out to you and getting those resources and following up and not being a bother, but being, but being persistent so you can help them out. And I'm sure you, you, you know how to do that very well. I could do the same. Um, they can always reach out to me too. So Mark, how can my listeners now, and here we go. We got yeah. the golden gopher. Yeah, it's instead of Elf on the shelf, we got Goldie on the shelf today is what we're going to do. Gotcha. There you go. We'll put this on the Instagram if I remember. Um, how can people reach out to you if they want to yeah. want to get some advice for for portfolio review? I don't know, whatever else students sure. need. Well, happy to, to have students reach out to me. Uh, LinkedIn, I've got lots of opportunities. So just reach out to me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, email is J-E-N-S-O. 001 at umn.edu. I'm happy to to talk to people. Perfect. Well, this has been great. Thank you for giving us some insight on how you teach, what you teach, and the advice that you give. So, Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again. Absolutely. Thanks, Gina, for the opportunity, and good luck to you uh, throughout your career at Hobbes and wherever it goes from there. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod that's all one word breaking and entering pod on instagram we have links to their portfolios and their linkedin and they want to connect so do that and thank yous thank you to mikey malarkey our audio engineer and buchan jung our creative director can't do without you two and a team from the university of illinois it's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz, their PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.